Good morning, Pathway Church. We're so glad you're here today. If you're joining us over at True Worth, online, or if you're over in the sanctuary right now, thank you for being with us. Many of you know we're in a time of Lent right now, which is where leading up to Easter, we take some time to focus on the cross and the importance of the cross. And so that's how we're gonna kick things off this morning. Thanking Jesus for his sacrifice, amen. So let's sing this together. I will be hopeless without your goodness. I would be desperate without your love. Slave to the darkness if it wasn't for the cross. Yes, Jesus, we thank you. You have won me with your kindness. Chase me down with I was lost. Oh, where would I be if it wasn't for the cross? Sing it with us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I was a prisoner. Now I'm not. It's with your blood you, you bought my
Come on, can we thank him for that right now? Thank you, Jesus, for your cross. Amen. We're going to invite you to remain standing just for a moment. And uh, if you're here, if you're just kind of now joining us, and of course, online, True Word, thank you for being with us and in the sanctuary. And you're going to notice today things are going to look a little bit different. If you've been with us the last few weeks, you know we've been in a series about prayer. And uh, so we're going to put some of that into practice today uh, as a church family. And uh, if you've got your worship guide with you, I'm going to invite you to take a look at that just for a moment. And you'll see that inside there's some, uh, inside and on the back, there's some areas that go through some different types of prayer and some spaces to, to write some things out. And so we're going to work through that together as a family this morning. Um, and the first one is uh, our prayer of adoration. And that's what we're going to practice first this morning. And, and if you remember last weekend, if you were here, Pastor Rick talked about filling up our faith tanks and how we're able to just really spend some time thinking about who God is and reflecting on who he is to you. Not just who God is in this kind of setting when we talk about who God is, it's who God is to you personally. And so here in just a moment, we're going to allow just a, just a couple of minutes for you to, to write out your prayer of adoration to God. And right now, we're going to continue to worship. We're going to practice that first, our adoration and loving on our God because of who he is. So God, all together in this room, true worth, in the sanctuary online, we just want to take a moment to praise you for who you are and to love on you, God, because you're worthy of that. So we lift your name this morning. You're an altar of broken stones, but you delight in the offering. You have the heavens to call your home, but you abide in the song we sing. Ten thousand angels surround your throne. Bring you praise that will never cease. But hallelujah from here below. Still your favorite melody. Lift your voice and sing. We sing hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah.
So we're going to give you just a couple moments right now. I'm going to invite you to be seated and pull out your worship guide and just take a moment to journal and, and write a prayer of adoration, thanking God for who he is. Write down who God is to you. And then we'll come back in just a moment and we'll put that back into practice. We're going to invite you to stand one more time as so we put that into practice and sing together. We sing hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We sing hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, tell Jesus Christ, our King enthroned, all the praise is yours forevermore. Hallelujah, here below, all the praise is yours forevermore. Jesus Christ, our
And every knee bows before your name. We won't wait. We will not wait until it does. No. Because here and now shall your kingdom reign. Yes, you reign. So if you're not done so yet, you may want to take your worship guide and just fold it. So you got, because we're going to kind of be working through this now. Uh, if, you're in the, if, you're, if you're watching somewhere, you don't have a worship guide, find your prayer journal or just a sheet of paper. We're writing down adoration, then confession, then thanksgiving, then supplication, just kind of working through it in that way. Now what we're about to do, I know for some of you it's going to be very awkward, it's very uncomfortable. Uh, we are this morning probably afflicting a few people, but we do that around here. We're going to comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. So some of you are getting afflicted. I know this is very awkward. This next part can be a little more challenging. We're talking about confession. Uh, this morning when I got up and I turned to my scripture for our life steps, some of you know it's from Psalm 130. And here's how it begins. It begins, out of the depths I cry to you, Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ear be attentive to my cry for mercy. If you, Lord, kept a record of sins, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness. So that with, we can, with reverence, serve you. So very much part of our prayer life is confession. And confession is the beginning of healing. In fact, that's the first, 12, that's the first step of the 12-step process. And you may not realize that we're all in recovery. <laughs> Some of us just don't know it yet. We're all in recovery. And the first step of healing is saying, listen, my name is Rick, and I am a whatever. I'm, mine's, I'm a workaholic. Uh, I am. And, uh, that, there's a lot of ramifications for that. And I told you a few weeks ago when we talked about Daniel that I found in my life this confessing thing, it doesn't work very well just on the fly. i got to sit down, stop, and think. All right, God, uh, in the past 24, 48 hours, where was I less than who you needed me to be in my job, in my relationship with my kids, with that neighbor 
that person on the highway. <laughs> so I'm just going to invite you to think about some place in your life where you just feel like that you're broke. Just write it down. It's between you and God. You're not going to share this with anybody else. It's yours. You're going to take it home with you. So just your prayer of confession. He says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I'll give you about five minutes. Some of you are going to struggle with this. It's okay to struggle. You could write down the Jesus prayer over and over again if you want. It goes like this. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I'll say it again. Lord Jesus Christ. Son of God, have mercy upon me, a sinner. Just write that over and over, or say it over and over. And maybe this is the time you write down that word. Anger, lust, selfish, Maybe it's going to be a sentence that came out of your mouth. You're just going to write down the sentence that you said to someone. And as soon as you said it, you went, oh, why did I say that? It's a habit. It's a bad habit. You know it's a bad habit. Doesn't honor God. Doesn't honor your body. You just can't whoop it by yourself.
what if your boyfriend or your girlfriend or your spouse or your child was writing down for you, <laughs> confessing for you, uh, what would they write in the past 48 hours or 24, <laughs> maybe since this morning? us to see where we fall short. Help us to see those areas in our lives, God, that we need you even more and more and more and meet us right where we are, God. We thank you. It's in your son's name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Oh, if you're just kind of joining in, if it's online or, or if you're in the sanctuary at Treeworth, even here in the room, if you were just a little bit running behind this morning, that's all right. If you're wondering what in the world's going on? Things are a bit different. We are in the middle of a service that is a, a prayer-oriented service, a practice service that gives us the opportunity to put into practice the things that we've been learning 
uh, through this series about prayer. And uh, uh, our hosts our, our are going to come forward to, to take up our tithes and offerings. And as we, as we move towards that time, we're going to continue in the spirit and in our worship as um, we take a moment to reflect on uh, where we need to let God move more, where we need to open up ourselves to let him come in and meet us where we are. go back to the beginning can't control what tomorrow will bring but I know here in the middle is the place where you promise to be Not enough Unless you come Will you meet me here again? Is all I want Is all you are Will you meet me here again? God, we can't do it God, and even when we don't feel like you're there, we thank you that you're right there with open arms ready for us. Thank you for your love, Jesus. As I walk now through the valley,
thank you that you're with us even now. Even in our hurt. God, when we feel dry, you've come to make us new. Thank you for that, Jesus. God, because we know we're not enough without you. God, we thank you. Come on, sing that again. I'm not enough. I'm not enough. Unless you come, will you meet me here again? All you got to do is reach out to him. Because all I want is all you are. Will you meet me here again? Just be willing to let him in right now. Oh, I'm not enough unless you come. there for you right now, even in this moment. It's all I want. It's all you are. Will you meet me here again? Come on, can we just thank him right now? We give you thanks, Jesus, that you meet us where we are. And we lift your name. We thank you so much. It's in your name. Amen. You may be seated. If you have your Bibles, I invite you to find Philippians chapter 4. That's where we're going to be. Get out your message notes. Uh, everyone in True Worth Sanctuary, you have Bibles right there in front of you. I think you have your disposal here in the room. Uh, they're going to walk the aisle. If you need one, raise your hand. Uh, you may find it beneficial uh, to have the scriptures in your hand. Nothing else to write on here because here in a moment, we're going to stop and again allow you some time to do the Thanksgiving and supplication all at one time. But before we do that, we're going to have a little time of teaching. Make sure we all kind of understand about what we're doing. And we're kind of working through adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. Supplication is asking. That's something we're good at. And we don't do so good on the middle part. So we're going to talk about that for a moment or two before we attempt it. There was a brave, young, uh, tough young lady, 20 years, 30 years of age from Canada, who said, I am going to row a boat all by myself from Halifax, Canada to France. I'm going to do that. So she gets a little 24-foot boat, and she takes off. After many days and lots of fierce storms, losing some of her equipment, provision going over the side and using a lot of it, uh, she found herself in a bad spot. Been on the ocean now for 83 days, not seen anyone or anything. She was less than halfway to her destination. She was getting kind of desperate. She finally was able to make contact back with her base camp through whatever communication device she had uh, back in Canada. And this is what she told them. Hey, guys, uh, this is not going to end well. Barring an old-fashioned miracle, uh, I'm not going to make it. All she could do was really pray. She had no other hope but prayer. Now, let me stop right there. I wonder if there's any of you who have been at a time in your life where you could honestly say, uh, boy, in an old-fashioned miracle, this isn't going to turn out very good. Unless God shows up, uh, I'm in trouble. I've been there uh, more than once. <laughs> I know what it's like to have that desperate feeling. 
I'm thinking probably some of you have been there. You just knew this is not going to end well unless God does something. And the Malina Laquette, that's exactly the situation she was in in the middle of the ocean. God was her only hope. Now, what she didn't know at the same time, there was this little cruise ship called the Queen Mary II, was doing its regular journey from New York City to London, back and forth, back and forth. It's a seven-day journey, seven days, seven nights. And when you get on this cruise ship, this most luxurious, largest uh, ocean liner in the world, there's no stopping at land. There's no little tiki hut on islands, bar stops, or souvenir shopping excursion. Uh, for seven, all you see is gray-green water, uh, just churning water. And most of the times, the only people who get on this particular little cruise ship are the 80, wealthy 80 to 90-year-old Brits who uh, all they do is sit on the deck chair and eat and take nap and drool for seven days. Uh, that's about, they don't even play shuffleboard. That's about how excited it is. They're just watching life go by. And so that's what they're doing. And the, and the captain comes over the PA. And the captain says, uh, hey, listen, everybody, attention. We're going to veer off course about 100 miles. We're going to gear down the engines. And we're going to bring this ship to a dead stop right in the middle of the ocean. Now, I guarantee you, that woke even the droolers up. Whoa, that's never happened before here. What's going on? And he goes on to explain, uh, there's been a, a young lady who's attempting to row a 24-foot boat from Canada to France all by herself. And she sent out an SOS. She's in trouble. So... The, the right thing in nautical etiquette for us to do is to veer off course and to render aid. That's what we're going to do. Now, meanwhile, Mylena Laquette, she is in this little 24-foot boat, a little canoe, I guess you would call it, and boy, she's exhausted. She's scared. Uh, she's just thinking this is the end. It's not going to make it. And she'd been praying. And so, so all, all of a sudden, she hears through this little radio system she has, the crackle, pop, crackle, pop, but she hears something about, all right, this is the Queen Mary. Help us on the way. And she goes, what? I asked God for a little help, and he sent me the largest, grandest ocean liner in the world. i got to be hallucinating. That's not true. But just a few hours later, sure enough, uh, the, the Queen Mary too. All 1,132 feet, 23 stories high, pull up alongside this little 24-foot rowboat, and they come to a dead stop right next to her. And up on the deck, all 2,600 members of the crew, of, of, the, of the passengers, 1,200 members of the crew, they're all up there. They're cheering and encouraging Melina. And this is the first people she's seen in 83 days. She's going, human beings, ah, I'm not by myself. And, and, and then they're unloading these watertight containers off the ship, and they're loading provision and supplies into her little canoe boat. And it takes a while to get all that happen. And then all of a sudden, the Queen Mary, too, they're finished. And they go, hip, hip, hooray, hip, hip, hooray, hip, hip, hooray. And they all wheel up their screaming and whistling at Mylena, and they pull off. And Mylena, all she does is she sits in her little boat, and she holds up this little sign that says, uh, thank you, Queen Mary, too. And they begin to drift off. And then, Queen, and then, then she just falls in, or Melina uh, uh, falls into her little rowing chair, and she just raised her hand to God and said, God, 
you got to be kidding me. I asked you for a little help, and you sent me the Queen Mary. <laughs> I can't believe it. Now, my, my Lena Laquette, uh, she's got quite a story. One great story to tell her children and grandchildren. I mean, wow, what a story. And I started thinking about that story. And I thought, that's pretty cool, but uh, I've got hundreds, thousands of stories. Not about an ocean liner that veered off course 100 miles to help me one time. I could tell you the story of the one true God who sent the provision of his son across galaxies from eternity, heaven to earth. You can't even measure the distance. Not just to redeem me, not just to come alongside me once, but to enter into a relationship with me. Some of you. And and not just to give me Queen Mary redemption and Queen Mary uh, provision and Queen Mary come alongside me one time, right, and then motor off in the distance and leave me by myself in the middle of the ocean to figure it out. No. To come alongside me one day or one year. No. God has come alongside me and said, Rick, I'm not leaving until you come home to live with me in eternity. I am right by your side forever. And when I thought about that, and I began to write in my journal, my little prayer journal, I just, I just started going, oh my goodness, God, thank you, 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 God. I once I dropped my pen and said, God, there are no words, there are no words to describe how grateful I am for what you have done for me on the cross through Jesus Christ. Unbelievable. I hope you've had that experience. I hope it is your reality that you've experienced the all-knowing, all-sovereign, all-powerful, unlimited, wise, loving God coming into your life and docking in the harbor of your soul and saying, I'm not leaving. I'm with you. I know you. I care for you. I love you. And church, when you have that experience, when that experience happens, uh, (laughs) the most profound response is, thank you. Just thank you, God. Thank you. I want to speak to you for a few moments here before we do our next little prayer time about the importance of gratitude and thanks in our prayers. We've not talked about this much. And we need cultivating that's very important. On, on the screen here, a little quote from Thomas Merton. He's a theologian. He goes like this. To be grateful is to recognize the love of God in everything. In other words, in your notes, grateful people take nothing for granted. <laughs> nothing. Grateful people realize that the very breath <laughs> that comes in your lungs is a gift of God's love. 
Grateful people recognize that every second you're allowed to live, every second of your existence, it's a gift of God's grace. Grateful people wake up in the morning, they go, oh, God, just thank you, my eyes open, and I'm alive, my heart's still beating. Grateful people wake up and there's food before them. God, I, I don't take this food for granted. It is a gift. Man, thank you. You go to a job. If you had a job, God, I just thank you. I got a source of employment. I got income. That's not, so many people don't. Grateful people take nothing for granted. And the idea that God is good is not an idea. It's not a thought. For grateful people, that's a personal experience. You've experienced the goodness of God in your life. And when you experience the goodness of God in your life, the only response really is, thank you. The scripture is very clear about this in Philippians chapter 4. It's probably the most famous scripture on prayer besides the Lord's Prayer, which we're going to do next weekend, by the way. We're going to go to that next weekend. But in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, we read this last weekend. It says, do not be anxious about anything. How many of you like to experience that? <laughs> Don't be anxious about anything. Do, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, here it comes, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Right there in the middle of that charge to pray and to ask, hey, ask God for stuff. Hey, yes, I want you to ask God for stuff. Right before that says, with thanksgiving. Now, let me make this very clear so everyone understands this. I'm going to get away all the fluff that the Apostle Paul has here, the theological fluff. Let me tell you just straight out what he's saying. He is saying that if all you do when your prayer life is ask God for stuff, you're still a baby Christian. I'm going to put it another way. If all you do in your prayer life is ask God for stuff, you're immature prayer. With thanksgiving, then present your request to God. When you figure that out and you incorporate to have this rhythm in your life of thanking, 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 then you ask, you thank, then you ask, you thank, 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 then you ask, two or three things happen. One is, I mean, you just become more Christ-centered. See, because Christ-centered people, you're not just close to Christ or growing in Christ. You become centered in Christ because Christ-centered people think first about Jesus. And when you think about him, your first thought is, thank you, because of what he did on the cross. And then also, you have this upward spiraling of your faith. Oh, wow, thank you, God. Look, God did this, and God did that, and your faith increases. But here's the third thing, the second thing that happens. And this is right here in verse 7 of your Bibles. I say, say okay, now, don't be anxious about anything. Every situation, by prayer petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Here it comes, verse 7. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. In other words, thankful people, uh, they experience irrational peace. <laughs> it's irrational because your situation hasn't changed. You may go to God in prayer and say, God, do this, do this, do this, do this, and nothing changes. You still have stage four cancer. You still have it. You're still in a relationship that's rocky and troubled. You still have a boss at your job that's a pain in the rhinoceros. 
you still find yourself barely making ends meet week to week to week to week. But because you've learned about giving thanks for what God has done in the past in your prayer life, thank you, God, thank you, God, thank you, God, thank you, God. You did this, you've done that, you've done that, and you focus on that. You look at God and I thank you. What are you going to do in the future? Thank you, thank you, thank you. You can have a peace that passes all understanding. It makes no sense, even though nothing has changed in your life. You can. Because the scripture says you can. But you got to practice this. So let me, let me make this very clear. Let me kind of make this very practical for you. Malena Lequette. Let's just say she almost gets to France. She's almost there to France. And she's about to go to land. And all of a sudden, a storm comes up and kicks her back out into the ocean 100 miles. And she goes, Oh, dead coming. I was almost there. I got nothing left. My arms are so tired. All my provisions are about to gone again. I just soon die. But I don't want to die on the ocean. I want to die on land. God, 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 it's me again. Man, I got nothing left. God, I'm tired. I'm weary. I'm about to, but I don't want to die on the ocean. God, could you please at least just get me to land? Now, there's nothing wrong with that prayer, right? We talked about this last weekend. It was short to the point. She didn't do a lot of rambling or babbling on and on and on and on. One, no world record prayers. Uh, she was sincere. She told God exactly what she wanted. Help me, God. Maybe she raised her hands. That's okay. Good prayer. But what if she prayed like this? Hey, God, it's me again. Uh, and I'm whooped. And I'm scared again. And I just got nothing left. I can't row another meter. But God, I remember I was here again. I mean, not too long ago. And, and I asked you for help, God. And you sent the Queen Mary. And not only that, God, that ship pulled up right alongside of me. And you had the, uh, all this provision and gave me help that sustained me for so many days, God. And I just, I just going to say thank you, thank I cannot stop thanking you, God, for doing that. It was amazing. So, God, here I am again. And I'm not going to ask you how to do it. I'm not going to tell you how to do it. But I just, I need some help. And I trust you. Here's what happens. When you look backwards and you spend time thanking God for what he has done, it solidifies in your mind and your heart what God can do the next time you have a need. But if you don't spend time doing that, you're just throwing wishes up in the air again, just kind of hoping some hocus-pocus magic happens. Not acting in faith. One more quick passage. Philippians chapter 1, the Apostle Paul. You're going to do a lot of reading your life steps on the back of your message notes. A lot from the Apostle Paul this week. We're in the New Testament the whole time. I hope you'll do your life steps and follow the instructions in your prayer journal every morning. Here's what he says. I thank my God every time I remember you. I thank my God every time. Thanksgiving. Every time I think of you and all my prayers for all of you. I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Then he says... Being confident, I had that underlined in my Bible, being confident, I am confident of this, that he, that is God, who began a good work in you, will, I have will circled in my Bible, confident, underlined, will circle, not might, not could, but will, carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. In your notes, grateful people, trust and expect God to be faithful. 
I mean, when you're grateful to God, it just kind of over and over, you just stay in that place of gratitude, you just reinforces that you trust God and you expect God to do what he's, you're confident that God will do what he says he is going to do. Where are we on the time? I'm okay. Two things here. Two things here. Give you an example. Uh, last week, and I see uh, some of the family of Tamara here. Uh, last week, I had to do one of the most difficult, challenging funerals I've ever had in my life. Um, I was asked to do a funeral of a friend uh, that I work out with at the gym. Fifty-two years of age, stage four breast cancer, when she was diagnosed back in August. And I'm not her pastor, and this is not her church home. And I worked out with her the last time she ever worked out. She and I worked out side by side, and we talked about faith and family and cancer all the time during our workouts. And in the family, <laughs> they invited me to host and be a part of the funeral. And I thought, God, I don't know if I can do this. I don't even know if I know what to say. So here's what I did. I started looking back of other funerals I'd done that were hard and difficult and how God showed up. I said, God, I just thank you for that funeral when you showed up and you did God, and I thank you when you showed up then and you did that. And God, I thank you all for that child when that child died. I thank you, God. And I just went on and on and on. And by the time I got to that point, I said, okay, God, I know you can and you will show up and you'll do it again. And I just felt this peace that passes all understanding. And it was just an amazing, incredible, just an incredible experience where just all, it just kind of went away. Church, I'm just saying there's, imp- there's value in learning how to do this. That's why I told you last week that I write in my prayer journal, right? I write in my prayer journal. And I know some of you go, oh, I, I, that sounds so crazy to me. I have to write down my prayers because I'll start praying, dear God, dear God. And all of a sudden, I'll look at my phone on my schedule. I got a meeting at 10. I got this meeting with, I got this appointment here. And I'm thinking, I got to solve this problem. And I start get distracted. So I've learned that if I write down my prayers and then read them to God, it has power. That's why I'm challenging you. And you don't have to do this. It's not extra credit. If you don't do it, you still go to heaven, okay? <laughs> I'm just telling you. It's, not, it's nothing about heaven, okay? It's just about your relationship and just filling you. And so that's why we're having you go through this exercise. And I'm going to give you a, benefit, a side benefit of this, and then we're going to practice this. Here's the side benefit. Is that when you do this, I can look back in my journal six months ago, a year ago, and go, man, God, I asked you to do this, and I told you we had this problem, and today I can see, ha! <laughs> It's incredible what you did. You performed a miracle. Oh, God, thank you. And I can, I can have evidence of that. And when you, when you do that, it just gives you a benefit to do it. That's why in the Old Testament, they did altars of gratitude. When you read the Old Testament, uh, when God did something great, they'd build an altar there. Say, God, they get to stone and wood and build an altar and just thank God. And so for future generations, they'd show up and say, hey, Mommy, Daddy, hey, watch that right there. Well, that's an altar of gratitude. What do you mean? Well, right there. On that piece of real estate, God parted the waters for us, and we just passed through. And oh, right here, this is where God, this is where God provided water from the rock, manna from heaven, and, and this is where God defeated the enemy. And I, we were just had no hope. One angel, 185,000, 
And the kids go, wow, really? God did that? Yeah. Well, if God did that for my parents and my grandparents, I wonder if God would do that for me in my life. And parents and grandparents, when you teach your kids about having those markers of prayers of gratitude, you're preparing the next generation to understand who God is and the power of his presence in their life. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to use just a little bit of time to do this. We do have enough time. I'm going to invite you to get out your, 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 your worship guide right there. And under Thanksgiving, we're going to do exactly what Philippians said. With Thanksgiving, present your request to God. But first, with Thanksgiving, and supplication is your request. So I'm just going to encourage you to take a few moments to write down things that you're thankful that God has done. God, God, thank, I'm going to ask you for some stuff, God, but first I'm going to thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, and then I'm going to ask. And you just go straight into supplication. And that's, that's asking. So just, we're going to give you some time here. Start writing. Just thank you, God, thank you, God, all you can think of, and just go write it. And then whatever you want to ask God to do. The scripture says, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. That's supplication. Just present your request to God. Just be as honest, straightforward, no fluff, <laughs> no babbling, just get to the point. Thank God and tell God. We're going to give you five or six minutes to do that. Whether you're online, sanctuary, true worth, and then we're going to come back together and move toward closing up.
enough time. I'm going to take this home with you and finish it. I want to encourage you to take it home and read it to God tonight before you go to bed. Try it. Just see what happens. Before you go to bed tonight or some anytime, find a place and just read through all your prayers and just kind of add to it, have you see fit. Now, I'm going to get ready to really afflict some of you because I'm going to ask you to turn to someone behind you or front of you, behind or front, and just very quickly share with them one thing for which you're thankful. Or maybe somebody, something, someone behind you or in front of you. If you've never met them, just say, hey, my name is whatever your name is, just really quick. And give you about 30 seconds to do that, and then we're going to close out, okay? Go ahead. Okay, before you leave or you go to bed tonight, please get on social media. We want you to post one thing in your life to God for which you're grateful. We want to, the world is so full of negativity out there. God, I give you thanks for, and then post hashtag pathway grateful. Hashtag pathway grateful. Because God, we here in this place, uh, we know that you are faithful, that your promises are true, that every promise you have made in this book is yes in Jesus Christ and if you say you're going to do it you're going to do it you move mountains not just once but twice three times four times you'll do it again we ask you to do that in Jesus name we please stand and worship him lift your voice as we celebrate what he's done sing your promise still stands Oh, your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness, faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. You never fail me yet. Come on, in this room, Sanctuary True Worth Online. If you're joining us, I want you to make this your declaration right now. He's done it before and he'll do it again. Amen. Come on, sing it out. I've seen you move. You move the mountains. And I believe I see you do it again. You made a way where there was no way. And I believe if you're thankful for that, come on, lift your voice and sing it.
Have a wonderful, wonderful week.